Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Chris Ragg, Nick Hare, and Peter Cockhill of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing Brits abroad. Chris, I know you're about to go on holiday. I don't know if it's abroad or not, but anyway, um, lead us in. Uh, yeah, so I'm about to go on um, holiday. Uh, we're going to uh, Greece. Uh, we're going to spend a couple of uh, days in Athens. Um, then we go on a short uh, island hopping cruise. Uh, we go to Ephesus and Rhodes. Uh, we visit Knossos and Santorini, um, and then we're having a bit of time on the uh, Athenian Riviera. I'm um, already making judgments about what you're saying. This sounds yeah. highly educational. You're going with the family yeah. as well. Yeah, going with the family exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we do have a there's a little bit of there's a little bit of beach uh, time uh, later on. But my kids love the Greek myths, right? So they're really looking forward to going, you know, seeing the Temple of Poseidon and mm. and uh, you know the Acropolis and all this sort of stuff. So um, so actually, you know, they. They, they will enjoy it, I, I insist. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> or uh, else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. or I'll take them to Tenerife next time. Um, but anyway, no, so, so I, 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 I'm going on holiday and I'm a little bit, um, uh, there's a little bit of trepidation there because the last family holiday we went on, where we went to southern Germany, uh, it was great. There were no, there were no Brits yeah. there at all. And um, uh, and then we we went to this lovely place called Überlingen on Lake Constance, mm. and we'd sat down by by the lake, and then this uh, this man from Birmingham and his family <laughs> put their... No, I've got nothing against Birmingham, but mm. um, but that's a little point of especially detail. As it happens, <laughs> especially, yeah. coincidentally, he was from Birmingham. Uh, um, anyway, they they uh, they sat down next to us and then and started talking English and their kids started sort of playing up a little bit mm. and I, and it almost ruined this entire yeah, holiday this ruined. Enti entire holiday <laughs> point. so I'm a bit worried that that we 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 might bump into um, were they talking or were they braying because I always find that braying <laughs> is the word that people tend to use about other British people yeah I, th I think yeah <laughs> I think, Brummies don't really bray no they don't no. I, if they were if they They're were from Islington or, yeah, or yeah. Surrey or, yeah. people from Surrey, Surrey. Yes. boom you've got yeah. it yeah. Surrey yeah no exactly um, so, so yeah, I'm, so I'm worried that my holiday is going to be ruined by by Brits, and the worst kinds of Brits are the ones that are most like you, I suspect. Like you can deal, you can deal with Brits that um, that are from a different strata or a different background to you, but the ones that are like you. Are the, are the worst for some yeah, well, reason. Yeah, but also you're, they're the ones you're likely to encounter for obvious reasons. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to go to Benidorm, and no slight on anyone who does, but the point is I'm unlikely to run into the kind of British tourists who want to go to fish and chip shops but or British are, pubs. Are, I just don't, those, I, are the ones like yourselves really the worst? Maybe, maybe well, not. Well, we will well, dive into this. Yeah, okay, yeah I've got some okay. data. But, but what I don't want to be is my own stereotype. That's yeah. what I don't want to be. Um, and, and yeah, anyway, so, um, so that's it. So I'm looking forward to Greece, but I'm slightly dreading bumping into some Brits. Yeah, well, you're, yeah, you're yeah. in luck because I'm going to Greece, but not till the summer. <laughs> so we can we can agree not to, uh, you know, cross I thought you were going to say you're in luck because I'm going to Greece next yeah. week as well. We're going to have but a I'm, I'm totally yeah. uh, <laughs> subclass. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. um, 
So before we, I think this is fascinating, and I wonder how much of this is just about being British. Could Germans be saying the same? Could Americans be saying the same I've thing? I've got some information. Could Japanese be saying lines. the same thing? I don't know. I, well, I've got Albanians. some information along those lines. Good. Um, um, wait. So we don't have to guess. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> this really reminds me of something, just an aside, actually, which relates to why we're all sitting here and how I first met Nick which is we met through NCT, yes, right? Which is which is for anyone, I don't know, National Child Birth Trust, is correct. that right? And if Spot you're on. terribly middle class in Britain at this time, or at least 15 years ago, um, you will go to childbirth classes. And um, it's led by a very sort of, in our case, a Mother Earth sort of figure. Yeah. Um, and I used to sit there, sit there, and actually these are all lovely people really, but still six, friends with them. Still friends with them. Um, At least um, you were before this podcast. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Some I just work with now. It's yeah. they're more like acquaintances. Um, but I used to sit there and sort of, in the same manner, I think, sort of secretly sort of despising the one, the whole thing, but everyone sitting there, including myself, because yeah. it was so bloody North London and everyone's very worthy and everyone's really nice. And, 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 and you know, of course, I, would, but I, I said to myself, do you know what, if a Martian fell out of the sky and was plonked right in the middle of us all, he wouldn't sit there and go, oh my God, all those people are really horrible. Apart from that guy over there sitting, <laughs> he's a nice guy. I'm the bloody same as them. Yeah. Um, who's gonna lift this up and take us somewhere? Well, I've got, I can put some hypotheses down. One is that British people uh, are intrinsically annoying. Right. That's, I guess, the, the kind of most general sort of hypothesis here, that British True. people are intrinsically annoying. And um, we find them annoying when we're abroad because they are. Oh, yes. the, the second uh, category is that British people find each other annoying, even though British people aren't intrinsically annoying. Yep. Right. That that but that British people in particular find each other yeah, annoying. Yeah. And then the most general uh, sort of category here, which is um, that people are, uh, people, people are annoyed with other people who are like them. Yeah. Um, now, on holiday. On holiday. Now, that, so the question, if that's true, uh, and we'll look at the evidence in a minute, but if that's true, then, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it is maybe because of something to do with the fact that they're ruining the fact that you're abroad. Um, whether it's whether it's that they are bad on holiday because it's a holiday and they're not allowed to be there, or whether it's something to do with them reminding you of you uh, and taking you back home in a way you didn't really want to go, and thinking I could be uh, in a pub in Solihull here. That's no fun. I want to be abroad. Um, yeah. So so those are the three things. So either British people are intrinsically annoying, uh, British people find each other particularly annoying, but aren't intrinsically annoying, mm. or that. In general, finding your country country folk when you're abroad is annoying for some reason to do with that context. Mm. And I can bring some evidence to the party, but I don't know if people have any other suggestions. I think that's a nice we... breakdown. I mean, there is the more general that people are just annoying. Yeah, that's the Peter Goghill <laughs> hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. But but then but then the, you you would be an, as annoyed by uh, people here as you are. I am, and I'm right. annoyed <laughs> when I go abroad. I'm annoyed by the foreigners who are there. Oh, as well. I see. That's right. You don't yeah. discriminate. I don't what, discriminate. Even the ones that live there. Even the ones that live <laughs> there. Yeah, they're <laughs> annoying. <laughs> they should vacate when <laughs> when the state no, I don't, visit. I, don't, of I, Peter I wouldn't arrives. be so presumptuous to say that, but I would. I, I generally, generally go on a holiday where there aren't people. The Antarctic. Yeah. I, I think there I is. Element in which uh, to which I sort of think I get annoyed. Like if I'm on a train and there's lots of other people on the train, 
I think, what the hell are all these other... Why have they got the right to be on this train? Yeah. This is my train. Mm. Why are all these other idiots on here? Like, they're not doing something <clears throat> as interesting or important as me. Yeah. Now, I don't actually think that, but some part of my subconscious I, 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 does. I, I have a, a slight um, a, a adjustment. I think it's, it might be a, a, two, a 2A uh, yeah, go on. for your hypothesis, which is that um, Anglophone people find anglophone people on holiday annoying right or or you know um what, it's people who who speak the same language as you because i i i i definitely find other english speaking people abroad annoying not as annoying as brits but they are annoying and so there's something about being able to comprehend oh that's a yeah exactly because yeah. i think one of the things here is i quite like it sometimes if i'm in another country where i just don't have any idea of the language and mm. it's great because it's just a noise mm. yeah so i don't understand their accent i don't yeah. there's nothing to understand it's just this lovely noise I've, and yeah and yeah. there's a there's a there's a there's a joy in that sort of ignorance i've got a 3a um, the, I've, wait, before you do, because I've, I've forgotten the things. Tell me them again. So one is... Uh, British people are annoying. Yeah. Two is British people find each other annoying. Three is people find their own country mates annoying. And I guess uh, four in Peter is just other people are annoying. But, uh, yeah. but I think... I think yeah, it's I've, one and two I've, is I favour towards. Keep I've going, got a three Peter. A, which people find people most like them most annoying. So... and. Uh, it's a mechanism would be you don't so people are most like you you don't gain any new information from them ah interesting um, whereas people who are different from you they speak different languages they have different behaviours different cult you know different. they do different things you kind of they, they're, they're more interesting to watch because you gain information about the world about, from them yeah and I guess you might sort of think well if I've paid to go on holiday I don't want to you know, I don't want to waste I it want with experience. British people. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see the same things. Well, I've got a question to Chris, really, because I think he speaks German. Do you speak German? Ein bisschen. Does it annoy you when you, but you can understand Germans talking to each other at the next table? Uh, in part, yes. Right. Does it annoy you to hear Germans speaking German to each other? Because it's not the fact. So you're, you're no. You're, in fact, right. I actively seek it because right. I'm trying to improve my German. And, but, and if you yeah. if you're in a, I know you never go out, but if you went to a pub in the UK and there were some Germans speaking German, okay. Or yeah, that's, okay? no, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So so it's not the being able to understand people, mm, right? Well, only in Chris's case. Uh, okay, you. So you you speak uh, Portuguese. Yeah. And uh, do does it annoy you yes. that you, other Portuguese other people Brazilians, in Brazil? Not, they're in Portuguese Brazil as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. they're in Brazil. They're speaking Portuguese. Yeah, their own, that's their fine. own language. I don't mind that. Okay, but but you, it annoys you when you are next to some fo some Portuguese people, e.g., in Italy or something. Yes, and there's some Portuguese Brazilians. Yes, interesting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Shall I bring some data? And I know why, but anyway, go on. Okay, uh, well, I can confirm hypothesis uh, two very strongly. British people yes, find each other annoying to a. That actually, out of this poll that YouGov did, uh, by some margin, the fir the top of the list for finding your own country mates annoying, right? So, so they were asked two questions: How positive or negative an impression do you have of your country's tourists when they're abroad? And then, how positive or negative do you think the locals have? 
we uh, think so 57% of us said negative on both on one count and 61% on the other count so and the next one was 45 and 54 right which is Norway Norwegians are very hard on themselves as well uh, and then it's Germany then France um, at the complete opposite end of the list people who not only are very positive about their compatriots abroad but think other people like them as well are uh, Indians, Amanis, Filipinos uh, and people from the UAE, uh, Thais, Indonesians, uh, Southeast Asians, Asians, Asians basically, South Asians, Southeast Asians, they have a very positive view of themselves when abroad and they think other people like them too. Now, um, and now I don't... There's a lot feeding into this straight away. I do not consider that a virtue. Having a positive view of yourself yeah. is not something <laughs> I consider a virtue. Now, that's probably Aww. because I'm British. There's, but, I yes. We want to talk about culture of holidays because I bet in the top five that we mentioned, I think those people, those countries travel more to other countries than those bottom five travel to other countries. And in terms of either frequency or volume, I think there's something going on there yeah, as well. But I, but then I've also got a bit of data about who everyone thinks the worst tourists actually are. God, this is frightening. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now we're not we're not actually top. Um, the the I think the Ru the Russians and the Chinese mm -hmm. come come top of the list of most annoying um, tourists. But now this one really interesting fact is that in Europe the Brits score the worst. Mm. Um, in Asia the Chinese score the worst. In the Middle East, the Saudi Arabians scored the worst, mm. right? So what does that tell you? It yeah. tells you that we don't the the people who were objectively disliked probably travel more, right? Mm. So we're looking at the richest, probably you know, mm. in aggregate countries, richer, more populous, but most entitled, is, yeah, uh, entitled, sort of regionally historically dominant and hegemonous. Yeah. yeah, but but not the point is they're not complete foreigners. Right, so so yeah. it's it's people a bit like you. This is a bit like our opposites episode. Yeah, but right? but anyway, the key thing to note mm. there is that yes, British people are actually a bit annoying uh, abroad. They they do score uh, more highly on in terms of who are the worst tourists, but nowhere near the extent mm. to which we hate each other. Yes. So we have a much more negative view of ourselves yeah. than foreigners actually do. So, and in fact, if you look at perceptions of the UK as a country, it's actually really surprisingly positive. So there's a sort of uncanny valley. Interesting. What's yeah. uncanny valley? Sorry, what's that? So uncanny valley describes um, how uh, creepy or cute or nice, so how, how positive you think about something versus how negative you think about something, particularly when <clears throat> it has a likeness to yourself. So... Cartoon mm -hmm. characters, quite cute usually, uh, because they're uh, because they're quite far away from what a human looks like. But a, a mannequin that's got very realistic features, mm -hmm. quite creepy because it's too close. It's in the sort of it's in the uncanny valley. Gotcha. And then other humans, they're fine because they're like you. Right. I th I think all of this points towards uh, the idea of the, the narcissism of small differences. Um, this idea that you hate the people that are most proximal to you, but not not you, right? So if you mm. think about the British class system, right, who do I as a sort of, uh, you know, a brought up Guardian reading liberal sort of professional middle class background person dislike? It's the people who read the Telegraph, who 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 are a bit more down on you. who are a bit more public schooly right it's them and then it's the daily mail who are the sort of lower middle class 
you know, um, the, the, the next bit down. Those are the ones that you traditionally dislike the most. If you look at all, you know, <clears throat> who who is it that, you know, um, uh, th 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 where you get the most... The, the greatest amount of religious violence, right, is sectarianism. It's, it's, yes, they had the Crusades and so on, but if you look at, you know, the Hundred Years' War and you look at Islam and Shia versus Sunni or even, you know, it's about, it's about yeah, look, we know those guys over there are, they're, they're off the scale, so we don't, we don't hate them. We hate the ones who've got nearly our views or nearly our culture. Or, yeah, there's a, a um, very famous mm. essay by Scott Alexander called I Can Tolerate Everything Except the Outgroup. It's one of the best things I've read, I think, in the last 20 years. And he makes exactly that point, but that, that you know, the, the outgroup... Ha it, do it can only exist as a concept mm. if it's threatening to be in your in-group. Like you, mm. you, you have to dis differentiate yourself from them because because um, it, that doesn't just happen automatically. And he, he makes the point about you know the German, the Nazis. Yeah. Um, you know the people they they were perfectly happy to go in uh, make an alliance with the Japanese, who mm. like in theory massively racially inferior, and the people they hated the most were German Jews who were pretty identical to them. You know, uh, but just a bit different. So yeah. I think there's a bit of that going on yeah. here. It's like the viciousness of factionalism or the viciousness of mm. civil wars. I mean, it's kind of in there, right? I've, I think there's another there's another factor going on, which means I need to bring in Newcomb's paradox, which is, okay, so it's called the sometimes called the paradox of the predictor. Let me describe it to you, Fraser, and you can tell me what you would do. Uh, you've got two boxes, about two boxes, box A and box B. Box A always has a £1,000 in it. Box B sometimes has a million pounds in it, okay? You can open both boxes and have whatever's in there. Or you can just open box B, right? Now you're thinking, it's obvious you take both boxes. Why wouldn't you take both boxes? Why would you just pick box B when you could have the extra thousand pounds in box A? Well, aha, because there's a twist. And the twist is that a great predictor who is really good at predicting your behavior has only put the million pounds in box B if he predicts that you will open only box B. So what do you do? Say that last bit again. The, the great predictor, predictor yeah. has only put the million pounds in box B. That's the really important box. That's the one that sometimes has a million pounds. He's only put that in there if he's predicted that you will pick box B. And we know the great predictor to be 100% accurate. He's always been it. right about Fraser in the past. Let's put it that right. way. Okay. So Fraser, what's the? Come on, you've, you've got to decide. You you just open box B. Yeah. But you're aware that. But I'd like to know about frequency and, and how often this he happens. He can't and... change. He can't change what's in the boxes. You know that. He can't change what's in the boxes right now. So oh, he's money, only a predictor. Yeah, that money is in box A, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's not a magician. That money is either is definitely in box A. Did but you who, say this was paradoxical? Yeah, it is we'll paradoxical. Yeah. Right. Because who who does he dis, does that predictor does. Does he only predict? He's, he's yes, but he's been completely but accurate he, about everything you you've done up to. But now. is he involved in the decisions in in in, in whether something goes into box B? Yeah, or not? yeah, he's the one who's decided. He does. He's put it in there if he thinks you'll pick only box B and it, and not open box A, even though if you open both boxes, you get whatever's in box B plus the thousand pounds in box A. So what do you do? Well, the thing is that you, you ought to open both boxes, right? Because because you'll definitely get a thousand pounds more than if you only open box B. I see what you mean, but are you with me? I'm with you. I'm with right? you. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but the problem is 
you're kind of playing a game against yourself yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Because, because as soon as you go, well, I'll open both boxes because that's the logical thing to do. Well, silly you, because the predictor saw that coming a mile off. Mm-hmm. Now, where am I going with all this? One part of this part of this problem is is being you you can't you can't defy the predictor because whatever you do ultimately is something that in th- and whatever that would be predicted that it would be predictable um, and I think part of what, why running into British people abroad is really agonising hmm. is that it reinforces to you that you're actually predictable that you're just you're being basic i mean it doesn't get much more basic than going to greece and visiting the parthenon and going and spending a week on a beach so much so that that's what we're doing in the summer and the problem is no one wants to be that no one wants to think you know and i I think back in the day when it was the grand tour and you could go all over europe and the only other people you'd bump into were other toffs um, you know, you much lower chance of being forced to confront your predictability. Whereas now you but go a much abroad, higher chance of getting syphilis. Yeah, well, I mean, it's worth worth it though, isn't it, True. to avoid to avoid British people abroad? But I mean, the so the point the point I'm making is, I think that's that's actually there's a deep seated existential horror which you get when you go abroad and you discover that you've chosen the exact same holiday as uh, you know hundreds of other people, um, okay. and you're just like them. You're not mm. special. You're not you're not the hero of I, this world. I buy that. I've got a, a, a an anecdote that I like. I like part of the reason I like um, the wilderness and the um, desolation of There's going no to places there. Um, <laughs> is I like the the sort of the the the, the 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 story you can tell yourself that you're discovering it. Yeah. When there's no one around, you can sort of tell yourself a narrative that you are the first person to be there. Yeah, it's kind of like, and that's a sort of nice, a nice, me- a nice sort of thought to have. Like you're, you're finding things for the first hmm. time. Yeah, and I wonder if that's if that sort of links into this this you know idea of uh, evolutionary information discovery mm. that you are sort of you know like if you if you go to the place that everybody else has fished or you know. Uh, hunted in mm. that's obviously not a good thing to have done you want to find the you know the yeah, Eden the undiscovered yeah, yeah. Eden that's yeah. what but I also I think it becomes harder to give, to to it's, it becomes I, I think there's a problem of status um, of, of it undermining your so your it actually does undermine your social status if you go there and you discover well, there's another family who's just like just like me and and you c- it's hard for you to go around and be as high status as you, as you are in real life now you're suddenly in a position of having to compete on status yeah. like with you mentioning snidely that their children were acting up it's mm. like when if my children act up when i'm in a restaurant it's so embarrassing because i feel like it's a low status thing to happen and and i we're not in that status competition anything like as much with with germans you know they they've got their own thing going on i'm i don't feel inferior when i meet a german toff in the same way as I do when I meet a British toff. Mm. And well, so I, I think there's the status anxiety element as well, which we don't yeah. want to have to deal with. Well, and there's something we need to delve in. I think we've skipped over it a little bit, um, but you've, you're starting to get us back into it, Nick, which is this British thing. But before we do, I was on holiday this time two weeks ago and I went to Albania on holiday. Hooray! You're, um, and on the assumption that you weren't going to be low status now. Well, no, mainly, or maybe... Cons- they might uncon- worship you yeah. as a god by <laughs> right. the end of it. It was mainly because it was cheap. Yeah. And, and, um, and um, one of the things that was lovely it's about it... It's easy to get back into Britain, by the way, from, yeah. from, from there <laughs> exactly. if you lose your passport. So, um, yes, yeah, then, yes, there's yeah. also... Yeah. And um, it was lovely because there were almost no other tourists and it was quite unusual being a tourist there. And there were certainly no other Brits. I think I saw some Germans in Tirana, but that was kind of it. Um, 
Although that's what was good about it. The bad thing about it was it was no disrespect to Albania, but it's, it's Albania. It's, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going on holiday there necessarily. Anyway. Message um, me. Sorry? Message me. Message you. You'd like in the middle of nowhere in the forest <laughs> yeah, and mountain. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but we we need to delve more into this point that you made. I think it's really interesting about the Brits are different. We do despise ourselves more, you know, and so to, for, for that quote, it's impossible for an Englishman to open his mouth without making some other Englishman hate or despise mm. him. Boom. I think that sort of encapsulates it nicely. It doesn't matter who you are, what class you are, but especially your own, maybe. Why? What's what, what's different about us? Why are we like that? I, you know, I think I, a lot of people say that Britain has this kind of unique class system, but it, it doesn't. Every country has yeah, a state system. They all have a class system. I think ours is really hard work. That's that's the trouble. I think it's 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 a lot of work because it's so uh, because it's subtle and it's and it's complicated. And the reason it's successful. Mm is precisely that we talk we talk about signaling don't we a lot mm. of this. and the, the key the point is that for a signal to work um it has to be quite difficult you know mm. it's got to be hard for in order to separate people you can't just have a signal which anyone can do by definition in the us i think they they actually use class words synonymous with wealth right they they when they say sort of you know upper class or or middle class or whatever middle class in the us i get the feeling it sort of means actually what we would mean by lower middle class it's kind of you're an every man if you're middle class whereas i think in britain if we say middle class it encompasses a far bigger range but the point is it's more or less wealth like you can't really be a poor upper class person mm. in the us so there's Whereas kind here, of you one yardstick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because because there's a whole range of things mm. that you that we could need to sort ourselves out on, like intellect, uh, culture. Um, there is your you know educational background. There's your family. Um, there's there's a whole range of and of course wealth is one of them. But you know we, I, I'm perfectly comfortable to to look down at a millionaire footballer yeah. because mm. I went to university and he didn't. Maybe yeah. he did. But you know do you know what I mean? But the thing is, and he can look down on me. Because he's got more money than me, so everybody's. Well, he'll happy. get an honorary doctorate. Yeah, maybe. when he builds a swimming pool. But the point is that he can look down on me as well, and 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 we've got it all sorted. But there's so many dimensions to have to worry about that that it, I I that think everyone's one of the, a loser. I th I think part of the joy of being abroad is not having to do that all the time, not having to you know. There's when only you part of joy of being abroad where there's nobody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I think that's where I would go with it. it. I think it, I think it, it's it's not it's that you're you're you, when you meet strangers, you, you other British people, you ha, you are whether you like it or not in a sort of status competition so what, until you've sorted that out. What you're saying and I don't is like you, you go you go on holiday as a break from the stress of having to manage. Your social our, climbing. Our, our, our class system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, what I'm saying is it is one of the benefits of being abroad. Yeah. And if you meet strangers, if you meet strange foreigners, you don't, you just don't have to yeah. worry about it. Is this why you always holiday in Norfolk so you can look down on everybody when you're there? Uh, have you been to North Norfolk? <laughs> I'm like the, I'm, I'm basically a peasant when I go to yeah. North Norfolk. Or maybe, Norfolk. Well, maybe it's just, all, all that sort of down is simple for you. It's all, it's all, it's all, yeah, it's like going back, it's like going into a theme park where you get to play as a medieval peasant because yeah. everyone else is a braying, uh, you know, upper middle class p person and they all wear barber jackets and uh, mm. they all talk about going to the, going to get, you know, um, uh, pheasants from the butcher and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, but no, so Norfolk, I, Lincolnshire, Definitely, yes. you know, and I think that's why he moved there. That's why Fraser moved there. 
was so that he could, um, you know, he could be Lord uh, of the yeah. yeah, Lord of the yeah. yeah sort of but but anyway, I mean, so uh, it's spec highly speculative, but it feels intuitive. There's an intuitive element to it which I like. This theory about, you know. It, maybe, it's, maybe it's because I'm such high, so, so high class, but yeah, you don't have to worry I, I, about that. It. For me, is much less of a driver <laughs> than the survivalist new informationy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be some it, element it, of both. It feels that, which is mm. so, it's not. I'm not quite mm. satisfied by that. I think it was a good effort, Nick, but it's Thanks. just somehow not quite there about something about the British character. And I think maybe it ties in with comedy and have you got, how we're the victims. Have you got, have you got a silly comedy. answer for us? Is this where you're going? No, I don't actually. I think well, it's genuinely, genuinely perplexing. If, if we, it's, if we, if we. If we accept that it's maybe imponderable to some extent, we could think about at least we could at least accept the fact that we are annoyed by one another when we're on holiday and yeah. think about what we might and might take comfort do about in the it. fact that we, we annoy other people yeah. as well. Well, quite, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a it's a net 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 neutral annoyance. Um, but but I was I was sort of thinking about well, what what do you do? In order to avoid mm. Brits, um, and I and stay I stay at home. Well, no, if you want to go on holiday, right? So I look, I looked at a few sorts of bits of data. Did a bit of back of the envelope sort of yeah. um, uh, thinking about this. Um, so if you look at um, uh, where Brits m m most often go, right? Yeah. Uh, Spain top, USA second, France third, Italy, Greece, Portugal, Australia, Canada, Turkey, right? Those mm -hmm. are the, the sort of top 10 and <clears throat> so on and so forth. I couldn't find data about the least visited. I've got a few. <coughs> should, should I just list a few? <coughs> yeah, Equatorial Guinea, yeah. Comoros, Kiribati, Marshall Islands, Sao Tome and Principe, uh, Turkmenistan, North Korea and Yemen. Yemen, I can understand why, why Yemen <laughs> might be on there. But not but, North Korea. But I also, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I did I did find some data that sort of backs Land that up, which, which is which is basically least visited by overseas people, not necessarily Brits. So, but you can assume you know that if it's not visited by many many people, and so you do have lots of those island nations down the bottom because they're quite small, right? So they don't support lots of of people. But then you've got um, you know some countries like Mali, uh, two hundred seventeen thousand uh, overseas visitors moldova 174 thousand is that low uh, numbers <clears throat> those are low numbers right. yeah 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 in, in, in the high numbers are you know obviously in the millions um so so yeah that, so that was one factor anyway the 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 incidents with which they're visited by by brits um but then the other thing was the size of the country right so okay. obviously you know the coghill uh, factor yeah the coghill factor canada is is enormous you know uh, 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 nearly 10 uh, million square kilometers or, or whatever um, whereas some of those island nations you know actually maybe you only need a hundred Brits there and and you can't move for Brits so yeah. um, so there's the sort of the dilution factor uh, but there's then like proximity to the UK because you don't want to be going miles to have to escape Brits uh, um, and, and then there's the, the the other factor which is sort of cost of living when you get there you don't want to spend you know so so Switzerland isn't actually very visited by by Brits but it's bloody expensive when you get there and so the cost of avoiding Brits is 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 high um, and then there was also it's full of Swiss people and I'm um, it's oh you know. yeah yeah no yeah. sorry anyway true um, uh, and then there's the sort of niceness of it when you when you get there so there's a cost of getting there there's mm. which is partly the cost when you arrive and partly the cost of the distance of having to get there, I suppose the time and the, the, the um, implicit cost. Um, the niceness when you get there, so the, the, the benefits you get, how big it is, 
and um, uh, and how few Brits there are, and you know how how diluted they're going to be by the size of the country. So I, I, I sort of my my kind of factoring in. Mm. Um, basically, if you're if you're uh, Peter, you go to uh, uh, Greenland. Yep. Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, for everybody else, visit Russia. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was my that was my thing. Mar- Marley came it was 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 quite high as yeah, well. Yeah. I, 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 pre- I performed a similar analysis, but okay. I actually looked at I, I I did I was thinking about like air, actual area because as Chris says, you can get away from people. But what I looked at was population in the end. Mm. So I, I mm. thought, well, let's look at like the number of British tourists mm. per head. Mm. Uh, to me, that's the that's the key thing. And mm-hmm. and so uh, and and then I also factored in uh, the, how positive the people in that country report feeling about British people. Yeah. And you like actually, to be treated well when you go. Uh, on holiday, well, that's don't right. You? Yeah. you don't want to go somewhere. You say we're going to go. That's somewhere what's nice about Albania. No by the other way. British going, people. Yeah. yeah. But also, so a, a low percentage of British tourists go there, and when you're there, that the people are going to be nice to you, right? There's actually two clear winners: Japan and Australia. It's <clears throat> are Australians actually not British? Discuss. Anyway, it's a good job we haven't got Jordan on this podcast because they're pretty convinced they're not British. But I, I, I'm not sure how how much I'm going to Australia but, gets yeah, you away yeah. from. Enough, British yeah. culture, but what, anyway, they like us there in Australia. Yeah, seventy-one percent of um, uh, of uh, people in Australia apparently have a positive view of. Well, the they've UK. got a very funny way of showing it. Yes, that's all I can <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yes, but but you're not taking into account. And give that. us that uh, little earn back. Other please. people yeah. being asked are uh, India and uh, Russia and Egypt and uh, Mexico. Um, but the point is that, uh, that yeah, Australia and Japan. So, yeah, and in my experience, actually, I'd say when I went to Japan, I can't recall meeting in, in the three weeks that I was there. I can't recall meeting mm. any other British people, mm. possibly one or two. But um, Japan is very Japanese. It's, it's you know. And they like the British. Yeah, there's lots of Japanese people there. It's, mm. It turns out. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. speaking, so speaking of, apart from the data, I didn't do any analysis, but uh, strategies for avoiding people. Well, not <laughs> just two people. I feel like <laughs> strategies for avoiding Peter's <laughs> solving a different problem yeah, to the rest of us. But yeah. strategies for avoiding, avoiding British people. So, if you go on holiday and you go to the big tourist sites in any country, you're gonna find more foreign visitors there right yeah so don't go to anything nice <laughs> no no yeah. it's not necessarily not go to anything nice it's, i would say not go to anything exceptional so yeah. water what, treatment what, plants <laughs> yeah, what, so yeah. well what i mean is right so you know when you if when you're when you're traveling and you're not traveling by a conventional if you get on the if you get on a plane there's going to be some brits in there but if you cycling places right you don't bump into many ah, people interesting okay and so some of the nicest kind of like days out I've had have been cycling somewhere like, you know, between um, uh, between sort of the north coast of France where I've got off the ferry to Paris. Loads of little places stopped uh, you know, along the way, cafes and lunch places and that are normal places, nice places that normal people, normal French people live. But you don't see any Brits there mm. because you're kind of between you're in a liminal space between the the major port and the major city that, that everyone goes to. That's a, that's a whole sort of 
air, unmined air. Bri- yeah. Air so don't use don't use public people. transport. Don't use public transport. And and, uh, and go to boring places where go, there are go, no go to tourist places. Yeah. Non exceptional yeah, places. When I went to France, I went to this wonderful little spot. It, I only French people there called the Eiffel Tower. Mm. And I recommend it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it was really nice. No one very knows. Very unexceptional. Yeah, no one knows about it. Yeah, it's only yeah. those in very, very there, much the Cogliacenti. Like yeah. yeah. um, well, it's an engineering feat, isn't it? <laughs> the the Cogliacenti there. Yeah. Fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, you, you joked about sewage uh, plants. But one of the most interesting places <laughs> I've been into in Northern <laughs> Europe was a, a, a decommissioned, or not even decommissioned, it was a, a never commissioned nuclear power station in, in Germany that was built, ready to be fueled, and then the Greens kicked off uh, in the I think, early 80s, and it never Oh, got that does sound cool. Yeah, I, I, had to, I actually went, when I went to Slovenia, I went to a mercury mine. No, mm. was it Slovenia? Somewhere like that. Went to a mercury mine. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah. um, we need to stop, but just before we do, I've got a question, two questions, actually. Best experience, within the bounds of decency, of meeting a compatriot whilst abroad, and worst experience of meeting a compatriot while abroad? You can choose what you want, go with one of them or go with both as you like, but I'll kick us off, I've got two. Best experience, I remember being in the Caribbean a, a number of years back on a, on a cruise ship, because my brother used to work on cruise ships, and it was a very American-dominated um, set of passengers. And this one day I, I, I was sitting on this launch to take from the ship to the shore, and I sat down to this little next to, next to this little old lady. It turned out she was British, she was English, okay? And it was lovely, and the reason why it was lovely is because we just had a little chat. We just had a natter, okay? And it was just so refreshing because I had been so used over the previous 10 days or so of having these conversations where in the first minute, huge amounts of information is exchanged about who you are and where you sit in society and you know where you live, where you're from, how much money you make, et cetera, et cetera. That was, I, was found it, I was finding it really wearying, yeah? And it strikes me that's how Americans communicate. And it goes back mm. to this class thing. In Britain, we don't need to do that, you know? And with this lady, we just had a, a little natter about the weather. And it was lovely. It was, and we knew nothing more and about And she each picked other. up a huge amount of information about you <laughs> in just talking about the weather, yeah. yeah. And that was lovely. Worst one was about um, uh, two years ago, I was on holiday in Mallorca. I was at a, as a, at a water park. Oh, I think that's your, I've spotted your error. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, uh, but surprisingly, being in Mallorca, um, next to it, I started to hear, it was a packed day, was these, this, this little child going, Daddy, Daddy, because we've got these passes, why can't we go to the head of this queue? And, and the person goes, well, Oberon, the thing is that da, 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 da. And they started talking about stuff. And because we were in a queue that's about 30, 40 minutes, we stuck next to them the whole time. Mm. And they had the most annoying names. And it was things, they were literally called things like, well, what about Orlando? Do you think he should do this? And what about Clementine? Um, and they were talking, so daddy, when we go back tonight, I, I don't want the, the chef to make us curry again. I don't want that. No, we won't have that Tarquin, dear. And I was just boiling. How many children has this big guy got? <laughs> oh, there was oh, loads. loads. There was a group, loads. No, but it was a group of family. Yeah, they've got the money oh, to have loads I of see, kids. Right. And they're all and Shakespearean characters. Yeah, they, they all look like the midwitch cuckoos. So they all like perfect little... They were, <laughs> you know. And it, it so infuriated me that off the back of this, I went off and bought one of these passes myself. A so gun. I wouldn't have these yeah. people sort of other oh it was just and even just talking about it I feel angry um who's next yeah so uh for all my chat about getting away from people often what I do is go away with people mm. uh on sort of uh either we organize it ourselves or we go on a kind of organized package um adventure trip thing so uh I obviously very much uh, uh like 
the people I go with, I'm selective. Hopefully. Um, so I have a great time with those Brits that I meet abroad. But the um, there was one time that stood out. We did it. It was a trip to, um, I think it was a Mallorca trip, a mountain biking trip in, no, sorry, a mountain biking trip in Morocco in the Atlas Mountains. Uh, really, really beautiful place. Um, and the, the 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 team or the the group of people we were with. Uh, includes very great guys, British people, and uh, they were good fun. But there were two who were particularly awful. So, how? Why? Uh, well, they, they, they. Without, I'm not commenting on class, but just basic things like so. So, in, 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 when you're out mountain biking all day, particularly where where the availability of uh, sanitation isn't great in in the Atlas Mountains, it's difficult to keep hygiene hygienic. So. Like washing hands is not is not easy, so you use hand gel and everything else. Um, they 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 would um, not do that. Washing the hands was a sort of uh, was a was a foreign concept. So it was a little bit unsanitary. Unsanitary, and so and but and lunch would be laid out for us uh, as sort of big mm. big picnic. So they'd immediately they're start into it, diving hands. in salad with their hands still in their cycling gloves, covered in you know all sorts of things from open sewers and things. And immediately, so they luckily they are the only two. They, luckily, they were the two who got D and V out of everybody. I think nobody else suffered from it. Well, maybe one person got it, but they will have got it from them. Um, unluckily, they won't have learnt their lesson as a result. But, but they did, were just awful. Did you not bring them up on this sort of? Hey, get your yes, and okay. uh, they they stiffly ignored it. Wankers, Sorry. awful people. Awful okay. People. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I've got I've got a worst one. Yeah. Um, uh, I went on a stag do to mm. Lisbon, uh, okay. and um, uh, I've, ne I've I've never been so ashamed of being being british i mean and i'm mostly ashamed of being british so uh, but this this really peter of, of just <clears throat> the the utter crassness the boorish the the, the boorish loud, the yeah. the um <clears throat> you know the the cultural imperialism the 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 the, the just uh, oh, it, was, it was it was terrible you know the the sort of desecration of of local culture you know this like could could have been anywhere and it's like well why not be anywhere then and so yeah that was um that was and i these were people i was with similarly to peter um i don't particularly have a best experience other than the time where i i raced through uh late for my flight coming back home from being in america uh for um a couple of months coaching coaching football or soccer um uh so i'd been away for for a while uh and i came rushing through at the last minute and concord was going at the same time as from from new york at the time and uh the the guy in the um in the sort of putting his keys through the thing uh in, in front of me was paul mccartney mm. um so um uh, and uh, i sort of nod, nodded at him I wouldn't say I met him as no. such but he sort of he looked back to get his stuff and I was there and he sort of and I went 
Yeah, so you basically you're 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 now <coughs> basically best buds. With, yeah, best uh, best buds card, with Macca. But um, but but yeah, that was that was um, I, yeah. Generally, if I if I'd had to talk to him, I'd have probably hated him. Um, but um, yeah. but I, I'm also wondering about Paul McCartney on his podcast answering the same question. Well, true. And let's yeah. hope you're on the right end of the yes no. Yes. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would yeah. suggest he probably doesn't remember you. I would think there's probably a high yeah. chance. I think he remembers him really well. There was this awful person like that. But, yeah. Um, Nick. I think this is quite interesting because all of our stories so They're far negative, have, been, apart from mine. have been people we're trapped with and mine is also about people we're trapped with. So I think it, the, the, possibly that it's about the, um, about the awkwardness of being associated with awful people. It's not just about meeting them. It's like, it's like something we didn't think of, but this is going to reflect badly on me. Um, I was trapped in a house. It was, I was invited by accident to spend uh, a, a week or two in Italy with this um, sort of upper middle class North London family who uh, my, my best friend was going out with one of. Mm. Um, and I think they didn't really want me to be there. <laughs> And I wasn't, I wasn't the same. Uh, I was a, I was sort of middle middle class, and they were kind of upper middle class, and um, I, they were pretty dysfunctional as a family. But they were, they spent the whole every time we went out, they would spend the whole time slagging off other British people that they knew. That's awful. I hate uh, it when they, British they, people they, do that. They were like, but it was a very unreflective, precisely. You know how like we actually feel quite embarrassed slagging off other British people because we're just we're probably exactly the same. Um, they did it completely unreflectively. And there was this one family who lived nearby who they were constantly criticising. Uh, but this other family had a swimming pool and they didn't. And, um, and, <laughs> Doesn't and seem then, very upper middle class behaviour. They, they were renovating this old rundown of course uh, they farmhouse. Were. Yeah. Um, and then they, uh, and then they uh, as soon as these other family they've been sagging off invited them over to their swimming pool suddenly they were their best mates yeah and and i didn't go i boycotted the trip because i said i'm not gonna that's hypocritical you know you can't Mm. of course they couldn't see that 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 sounds very lower middle class kind of behavior well i'm sorry it wasn't and i know because of these people i don't know about the behavior but i'm just saying that the um the family Mm. were you know a, a and, and you take very, very, you take very <laughs> close attention to this social scale and where you are on it. Well, exactly. I, I, but they were they were definitely. But I mean, they lived in a townhouse in Islington, and um, you know, the dad was a composer, and they, they yeah, were. Yeah, they sound like top Yes, tops. they were. But they, I think they were more. It was the dysfunctionality, possibly more than the class. Were their children called Oberon and Hypatia? Yeah, I think yeah, I might yeah, have so. met them at Water Park <laughs> in I, New I'm York not, once. I'm actually not going to tell you what they're called because it will be too easy to <laughs> identify. Them away, them. Okay. But you, well, apart from the so fact that you spent time. With Suffi- them in a, suffice, we the docks the many further. Suffice okay. to say, yes, they all had those kinds of names. Okay. But they wouldn't be sufficiently <laughs> interesting or well-informed or curious about the world to listen to this podcast. They would never think I was talking about them. No. Oh, yes, exactly. They would probably right. think I was talking about the other family. Yeah, they would say, oh, these people sound <laughs> awful. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll stop there. That was fun and kind of enlightening and kind of, uh, what's the opposite of life-affirming? Toe curling, no, uh, despair-inducing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> such is the lot as an English person. Yeah. Okay. Yes, foreign listeners, look what we have to live with. Yeah. Ourselves. Exactly. Okay, thanks as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. We've been here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg, and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time. <laughs>